And welcome along, Scotty Sharp. A big hour for you. We've got a nice smile on your face, ready to tackle those issues of the garden today. I do. Look, we need heaps of callers today because Mark oh, is, is fighting the hiccups. We need to give him just license to hiccup whenever he needs to. <laughs> no, it's not, not today. <laughs> so please call in, ask the questions. <laughs> and look, I'm sure after all the rain, there are folks with many, many uh, questions on uh, how to attack their garden. Scotty, you're the man for it today. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk about frangipani rust. Uh, Tibicinas are out in colour at the uh, flower at the moment, and uh, what to do with strap plants. It is Gardening Talk back. Scotty Sharp is here and g'day Paul from Chisholm. You've got uh, an issue with a lemon tree at the moment. What's happening? Well I'm not sure if it's an issue or not. I just need some advice. Um, it's not a very big tree but it's uh, it's laden with lemons which is great. I've, I've counted them. I've got 20 lemons uh, you know, coming towards maturity. They're changing colour from, from green to, to yellow. Um, but I'm just wondering, should I be doing something to help them along or just let nature run its course? I mean, do they need a feed? Um, they look pretty healthy, but they seem to be taking a wee while to mature. Yeah, the, you've got your lemon in a, a pot, Paul. Uh, yeah, and it's called lots of lemons. Yes, the they're, yeah, they're a, a nice little sort of uh, seed-grown eureka. They do very, very well. Uh, citrus are very heavy feeders though so you all year round especially if you've got your citrus in a pot you do have to be feeding it uh, in a pot you need to use slow release fertilizer you can't use manures of any type uh, just too hot and uh, you know heavy to use yep. in a pot a really great uh, fertilizer to use on citrus is called sudden impact now when you head off to your garden center you're going to find it's actually for roses but uh, Citrus love exactly the same sort of thing as roses. They like slightly alkaline soil. They uh, like to flower and fruit. So uh, the Sudden Impact is a fantastic fertiliser. You can use that about three or four times a year, and it just does an an amazing job. Uh, You can also use some liquid fertiliser as well because it it gets down and into the plant a lot quicker than the slow-release fertilisers. So using liquid fertiliser is also a fantastic thing to do. Look, with yours at the moment, what will have happened is because all that fruit's on the tree, it will have been, you know, sucking all the goodness out of the soil. Uh, So you you can, if you want to at the moment, use a liquid fertiliser. You can use this Flourish, uh, you know, the old Thrive products. uh, You can use those as well. And they will give your plant an instant boost. They might not take the yellowing leaves away, uh, but they'll certainly just you know keep things under control for you. It won't get out of control. Uh, you won't see any more leaf dropping, uh, you know, or, or yellowing of leaves. So yeah, I would I would suggest at the moment uh, just using a liquid fertilizer, uh, and always use a liquid fertilizer as well when the plant's flowering up. Uh, keep your moisture up with citrus, and keep that uh, fertilizer up when the plant's flowering. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for the advice. Okay, not a uh, problem. Look, looking forward to lots of lemonade. Yes, <laughs> very nice. And, and thank you for calling up and saving Mark from the hiccups. Oh, no, I think it might, they might be on the way out, Scotty. I think it might be okay. Just a quick one thing, if I can just pick up on something you mentioned there about getting the right fertiliser in and not using the manures, but using the the sudden impact. I'll never forget the name of that now. But um, this, these are obviously common mistakes that people may make, thinking they're doing the right thing. What sort of impact would that potentially have on Paul's lemon tree if he'd put the wrong gear on there. Yeah, it, it, look, if you use, you know, some poultry manure straight uh, into, uh, you know, a pot, uh, any pot, whether it's a citrus or anything, any manure, uh, it's just going to release very quickly down into the soil. The plant's mm. going to uptake that very quickly and it's just going to sort of burn it from the inside out. It'd be a pretty horrible little death for the plant. It, it might survive, but that's why you don't use manures like that 
you know, directly. I mean, you could, you know, very gently sprinkle it over, but uh, like all of us, you know, you know, bit of sugar in the tea, we always go that little bit extra, mm. don't we? So it'd be almost like for for the plant a uh, an energy drink on steroids or something. Yeah. So yeah. look, you know, you could do the little sprinkle. Most people don't though. They always give it a handful, and then oh, I might give it another handful just to make sure. <laughs> and it's that just to make sure that's uh, going to be. Uh, you know, the, the death knell of the poor little plant burnt from the inside out. Good afternoon, David. You've got, a, you have a, a situation with a lime tree there at Belmont. What's happening, David? I bought this lime tree and it's uh, grafted and uh, I've, I've finally got one lime and I've been watching it and watching it and I got a little bit of leaf curl on it. So I got white oil and, and pulled the leaves off and put them in the bin Um now, I, I do the white oil probably once a week, and that's all I really do to it. It's in a chook pen, so it's getting plenty of fertiliser. Um, so one of my, the only lime that I got, it split. Can you tell me why it would split? I, I think the plant sounds like it's nervous. You said you've been watching it and watching it and watching it. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> I've been that, watching my one lime. That, that's what's happened. No other pair of binoculars there, David, just leering at it. That, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> if you tried to sneak up on it, that might be the, the trick. <laughs> Yell boo. It's, it's, it's my first lime. Uh, uh, I thought, oh, I've got to keep an eye on this lime. And... It's split. Oh, no, no. I don't know no, well, we'll get to that. Now, you said you've got it in the chook pen. Have you actually got it growing in the ground or is it in a pot in the in the chook pen? It's in the ground. In the ground. How old is the plant, David? Uh, it'll be about three years old. Oh, okay, so it's getting on there a bit. Look, usually when... Uh, a plant's young, you know, in its first year or two. You're not going to get too much fruit out of it anyway. Um, yeah. But it sounds like yours has, you know, progressed on a little bit, three or four years old. So you should be starting to get some from uh, some fruit coming on that plant. Now, often when uh, people ring up and they say, oh, you know, the fruit split, you know, the lemon split, a lime split, uh, tomatoes do it as well. It can be some inconsistency uh, you know, of, of watering, uh, you know, all of a sudden it gets a lot of water, it sucks it up and, you know, the, the skin splits. Uh, I'm thinking with yours, though, have you been feeding it with anything else but the, the, uh, the chook poo? I do. Yes. Uh, I give it liquid fertiliser, but I only do that about every six months, so I haven't, I haven't given it anything. Yeah, look, it might be worth giving it a little bit more liquid fertiliser, uh, you know, perhaps once every month with that. Uh, because what I think might be happening with it, it's just getting very nitrogen rich there in, with the uh, the chook manure on it. Uh, so okay. it might not be getting all the other elements that it needs to properly fruit and flower. Now, one of those is sulfate of potash. It is the main thing that's you know required for fruiting and flowering. Uh, so I would be going and grabbing some of that and starting to use that in the area. Now, it, it does wash down through the soil, so it's not something you can use once or twice and it, it you know sort of hangs there as an element in the soil. It does actually move back through the soil and go away. So I think you'd be using that uh, you know at least once a month as well. And uh, when you see the plant uh, coming up, and uh, you know, starting to uh, flower. That's when you might even start, uh, you know, using that twice a week, just you know, for, you know, two or three times, just to really pump that potash up in the soil for the plant. Uh, so look, so, so, yeah, sorry, sorry, David. Yes. So, so, something, something else that I've, while you're talking, something else I've been thinking about: um, water. Now it has been getting a lot of water, 
Yes. As you can imagine with the rain that we've had, would that have any effect on it? It could it could have some effect with the, the splitting of the fruit. Citrus don't necessarily like having wet feet either. So if it's, you know, a heavy soil in underneath, uh, you know. Is. Yes, okay. So is it have you got a like a clay base or, you know, under the topsoil there? What, what's it like when you dig into yes. the... Yeah. yeah, it's clay when you get there. Yeah, so look, that could be another problem that you're facing with the citrus tree. They don't like, uh, you know, heavy... Uh, clay conditions like that you can also get liquid gypsum and uh, mix that up and water that in around uh, the area Uh, that can help you know just break up that heavy clay soil as well Uh, I'd I'd be more inclined as well to uh, you know keep on using your liquid fertilizers the liquid gypsum uh, and that sulfate of potash to try and improve the fruiting and flowering uh, just to give it a a bit more balance uh, in in its uh, diet I guess is the best way to think about it Okay, well, I'll give that a go and we'll see how we go. See how we go next year. Okay. I think I'm done for this year. I'm not going to get any more lime. No, I think it's all, it's, it's sort of all over now. Uh, any fruit that's on there should be uh, pretty much, uh, you know, ripe for the picking. Uh, so, or, or one of them. Or, or one of them. <laughs> it's got to be stage. Yours has got stage fright. <laughs> Yours has got stage fright, though, David. That's, I think that's the problem with it. I couldn't believe it. I watched it from, from the flower and I took pictures of it. <laughs> and I've sent it to friends saying, look at my lime. I've, I've actually got a lime on my tree, and now it's split. I, I, I so think if, if your lime could walk, it'd probably head down to Belmont Police Station and get an AVO out <laughs> on you, David. Uh, <laughs> taking pictures of it, uh, I think we might leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'll, that'll teach you, won't it? The better less the, said the, the best. All right, thank, thank you. you. No, right. thank you very much. I think what we can do, Scotty, is we can get the one lime from David, we get a couple of lemons from Paul, and we're on our way to a lemon, lime and bitters almost. Yeah, it's, it's almost margarita time. Almost. <laughs> All right, let's continue uh, with Gardening Talkback. Uh, Janita from Newcastle, uh, what is happening with your lilies today? I have these lilies in pots. Um, they were great one day, went out the next day, and they've all been eaten by a little grub. Uh, so it sounds like you've got what we call the, the curl grub in your pots. So that's actually the the pupa or the grub of a Christmas beetle or black beetles. You know those little scarab type beetles that we get around. Yep, yep. What happens is they they come and lay their eggs uh, in in the pot. Uh, They obviously hatch, they turn into the grubs. And because they're in a contained area, uh, they can't, you know, move off and, you know, just generally head out into the garden and, and have a bit of a feast. They're going, oh, geez, this is all <laughs> this is all there is in the fridge, and that so they just have to eat what is within the in the pot, and unfortunately, it uh, you know they really do a lot of damage. They uh, have yes, and and the plants really suffer, uh, especially when it's hot because they've they've got no root system to absorb moisture or nutrient out of the the potting mix or the soil. And uh, they do tend to keel over and die, unfortunately. Uh, look, you can treat them. Some people will, um, you know, pull the plant back out and, you know, virtually repot it and try and shake all the, you know, the soil away from the, uh, what, you know, root system is left. Uh, the other thing you can do is mix up a, uh, a, a drench, uh, something like uh, Confidor. Um, now, I, I never say, you know, spray Confidor around. Uh, but you can, if you want to, mix it up into a drench uh, and using the watering can and just pour down into the soil. And that will get rid of those cool grubs for you. Uh, but yeah, like I said, don't go spraying confidor around. The bees don't like it very much. But uh, as a drench, I think that works quite well. There are other new uh, sort of shaker 
um, granule packs uh, that you can use as well. Um, so head to your local garden centre, have a talk to them, tell them what you've got and uh, that you need to effectively treat the soil. You can use those new granular uh, uh, packs, uh, same thing, you shake those around and then you water them down through the soil. Okay. So it is controllable, um, but uh, you have to get onto it, otherwise damage is done very, very easily and quickly with those cool grubs. Will I cut them all back? Uh, look, if you've seen a lot of, you know, die back on the plant, just give it a light prune back. Um, obviously, the root system isn't there to support it anymore, so you need to reduce some stress from the plant. Um, you know, giving it a heavy cut back might not be, you know, ultimately, um, you know, the best thing, but just generally a light cut back in the first instance. Uh, keep the water up to it. Um, that's obviously a main thing. Don't feed it at the moment. Um, because the, the fertiliser will just, you know, almost sit there in the soil. So just watering at the moment to try and keep the plant alive and a light cut back and uh, give that uh, treatment to the soil. All right, thank you very much, Jagenda. Good luck with all of that. And uh, Scotty, still a chance for some more folks to get in touch with some of your gardening wisdom this afternoon. The, t the touchstone of garden, that's you being so generous today. There we go. All right, if you'd like to be a part of the program and, and get your garden sorted out with Scotty Sharp this afternoon, got probably about another 15 minutes or so. We've had the lemons, we've had the lime, and we're really sticking inside that fruit salad bowl today, aren't we? Because Jan from Whitebridge has a 10-year-old kiwi fruit tree and no fruit, Jan. What's going on? Hello, Jan. What's happening with your kiwi fruit? Oh. Hi, Jan. Look, so we'll put you back on hold there. We can't really uh, we can't really get a hold of you there. It's, uh, you might have to just jump us, take us off of speakerphone and uh, and talk to us uh, not on hands-free uh, if you could uh, maybe uh, look after that for us. But, yeah, Scotty, maybe in the meanwhile, uh, some suggestions for Jan while we, we see if we can get her back there? Yeah, well, it looks like uh, she's uh, having some trouble, uh, you know, getting the, the kiwi fruit to fruit. It might be, yeah, it might that's be, a problem. It might be lonely. I might yeah. want to go back across the ditch. That mm. could be the problem. It's here in Australia. But you can't look. They they're not uh, too difficult to get to fruit. Uh, I'm wondering if Jan has got either a bisexual one, or a you need a male and a female one. So uh, that could be the problem. She might not have got uh, the male or the female one. She might have got you know, two females or two males. Okay. So you're not going to get fruiting off those plants. All right. Hope they hopefully that helps you out there, uh, Jan. And uh, another uh, call now. We've got uh, Bruce at Cardiff. You've got the stink bugs, Bruce. I certainly do. That is not a good thing. They're so difficult to get rid of, aren't they? They do so much damage. Uh, I was telling the chap that answered the call that I was picking them off without a shirt on. Ooh. And one landed on my shoulder and sprayed me across the back and I was laid up for a few days. Oh, really? What, What? just the, the smell or the sting of it on your skin? The most... Oh, I, I did not realise that. That sounds awful. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. They're blisters. My wife's in the car listening. They were blisters. Oh, that, that's terrible. So, okay, so be be careful if you're going out to get rid of stink bugs. Uh, look, yes. you, you can go out and, and spray them. Uh, they're a crafty little thing as well because if they see you coming, they actually sort of go around. They start to move around the branch or around the, the back of the leaf uh, just to try and they keep do. out of it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really quite clever like that. Uh, look, an, an old sort of uh, way to go, if you've got an old vacuum cleaner, you can go out and, uh, you know, the old hoover and hoover them up if you want to. That's a way like to do it. 
Yeah, just suck them into the old Hoover. You know it's not going to smell very good, so make sure it's an old one that you've got. Uh, don't be going right. out and using, uh, you know, your brand new uh, <laughs> brand that we won't mention because they're very, very yeah. expensive and you won't be able to use it ever again. Uh, look, the other thing you can do is go out and spray them if you need to. But try and get out, uh, you know, around dusk or, you know, very early in the morning when the bees aren't out and about. Uh, give some Malathon a try. Uh, the great uh, thing about... Yes. Sorry? My wife will write that down, Malathon. Yes, Malathon. Give that a try and see how you go Malathon. with that. The other thing about stink bugs is you don't have to necessarily be, you know, putting a big mist out all over the tree because you know where they are. You can uh, get in there and, you know, actually use a heavier droplet and almost sort of, you know, like sharpshooter-like, you know, try and give them a quick little spray and that gets rid of them that way rather than just generally misting all over the tree. That's good for the bees as well if you've got a good aim so you can just sharpshoot in there with a, a, a heavy droplet spray. But thank you, Scott. Not a problem, thank but uh, look, and uh, that's a great word of warning. And thank you, Bruce, to, um, you know, sort of rug up, put on some long sleeve clothing um, and uh, even some glasses, I guess, some sunglasses or something, because you don't want to spray in your eye. That's not going to be very pleasant either. Although particularly, Scotty, with the with the fact that they've just got on no shirt, had it on the back and ended up welting from it. Yeah, that doesn't that's... sound very good at all. So, uh, yeah, look, I think gloves, mm-hmm. long shirt, uh, some sunnies, uh, if you're not wearing glasses otherwise, because you definitely don't want that. Uh, being sprayed in your eye. Scotty, lots of fruits. Uh, we were into the fruit salad bowl. We've uh, made our way through the stink bugs. And now, uh, Les at Raymond Terrace, you've got some snow peas. What's happening with your snow peas, Les? Well, I put about two or three punnets in it, and every time I put them in, there's something eating them. They, after about three days, they disappear. Have you got a snail problem up at Raymond Terrace, Les? I think that... oh, there is a few snails, yeah. Yeah, look, I think when you're just putting in a little um, tiny little snow pea punnet, the snails are going to love it. Now, people say that snails are slow, but I, I don't think they are. I've got a, a real snail problem in my front yard. Uh, sometimes I relocate them uh, out near the on the footpath. And you go back out 10 minutes later, they're almost back in the garden again. So uh, they must have a real turn of speed that they can put on. And I think that's probably what's doing it uh, with, with, you, with you, Les. Uh, I'd be just getting some snail bait out and about. If you don't yeah. want to necessarily just sprinkle it out, uh, you know, across the garden, you can make up little uh, like snail hutches that are only big enough for snails to get into. Like you get an ice cream container, uh, cut some little holes in it, turn it upside down. Uh, and put a brick on the top and have your snail bait in there in a cup and you'll find the snails will go in there. Then your blue tongue lizards um, won't be going in there eating the snail bait. You'll only get the snails in there. So that's a, a good, safe way uh, to do it. Uh, look, the other thing that would just love snow peas as well, they're very different to snails because they're furry and they've got big tails and they're possums. Um, you know, you could have problems with possums or even uh, rodents. They'll come and eat, uh, um, you know, really tasty things like snow peas as well. No, I don't think it's rodents. I don't think it's possums. Though. There is a lot of trees here. Yeah. But if I put the snail bait down, if I put the uh, ice cream container on, that should keep the dogs away, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, that keeps that keeps the, the dogs away, keeps any, um, you know, blue tongues, if you might have them around, um, from getting in there because, uh, yeah, you don't want them getting in and eating the snail bait. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that's a great way. My mailbox is a, is a fantastic snail um, trap. So, um, yeah, Liz, if you want my mailbox, come and get it. Uh, <laughs> I Truly, I, I think uh, I, I get a letter in there about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. By the time I'm home at 5 or 6 at night, um, yeah, half my letter's gone. 
Ew. Uh, is it, if it's a bill, though, that's at least bill. does that mean you don't have to pay for it? Yeah, look, look I nice. only pay half of it then. That's, that's the best <laughs> way. Until the council, oh, rate's only going to pay half, and you got half the bill. That's because it came by snail mail. Oh, yes. There it is. <laughs> Boom. You, oh, you had it there. 2NURFM 103.7 as we continue with Gardening Talk Back with Scotty Sharp. And Scotty, remember a couple of minutes ago you were talking to Bruce with the stink bugs? Yes, yeah, the stink bug problem. He had the welts on his back. Yeah. Uh, you need to wear some eye protection. Yeah, well, uh, Ian from a You've got just a couple of quick things to add to that, Ian. Yeah. Hi, Scott. Um, How can you help us? Stink bugs have been vain of my citrus for about 30 years. They do have a chemical burn, so if you get sprayed, cover the burn site with water as much as you can, as quickly as you can. Yes. Otherwise, you'll end up like me with scarring up your arms. The other thing is I, I have tried everything to get rid of those things. It comes down to physical action. I use um, the rubberized uh, gardening gloves and just literally pinch them off the tree, squash them, drop them on the ground. My wife is not quite so physical. She uses uh, warm water and soap, picks them off and drops them in the bucket. They die very quickly in there. Yeah, okay. That, that's probably not a bad way to do it either. Uh, well, but geez, you'd almost want to have the oxygen mask on. You went through the smell. That'd be terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Ian, uh, for all of that there. Good afternoon, Kevin. Uh, what is happening with your chilli plant? I've got three chilli plants all in the garden together. Two of them are growing big, full-length chillies that are probably 50 centimetres long, yeah. Yes. Six, seven, eight inches. The same plant next to it. Actually, there's the t- there's taller too. It's only got chilies that are only one and two centimetres long. Oh, do you, and look, and they're all the same variety you've got there, Kevin? Yes, they are. Because okay. on the one that looks like it's not growing real well, it's got plenty of fruit. And there's a couple of the fruit are starting to grow long but they're only probably oh, three centimetres long, you know. But yeah. it's, it's really odd. Yeah, look, that does sound a bit odd. Uh, what yeah. I would be doing with those plants is I'd be uh, concentrating on your, your stunted one using some liquid fertiliser on there, making sure that it's one that's uh, going to promote flowering and fruiting. Now, uh, the other thing that can happen with chilies, and uh, look, usually it's going to happen to all of them if they're in a, in a row, uh, they can get a little mite on them. You start to see some puckering of leaves and you start to see, uh, you know, some uh, leaves dropping off. Uh, you can use a product called Eco Oil uh, and that... Um, will uh, act as a preventative to try and keep mites off your plant. So I think that might be an idea just to uh, to try and keep uh, those, uh, you know, if you've got some mites in there under control and concentrate on the, the poor little tucker uh, with some liquid fertiliser. All right, thanks so much. Good luck with your chilli there, Kevin. And last up today, we head to Lawn. And Bill, what's going on with you, Bill? Uh, good afternoon, guys. Um, I've got um, a row, a good row of agapanthers that... Uh, growing over the my, the footpath out of at, at my place, I was just wondering if I could attack them with my edger and just cut them cut them back. Look, yes, yes, you can. Uh, I, I guess the trouble with that is you might get some, you know, fairly rough edges. Um, you know, it's not quite as nice as pruning them back or or digging them out. One of the things you can do with agapanthus, if you want to, is is get the spade onto them and thin them out a little bit, um, because over time 
they get those big corms on them and they start to rise up out of the ground and they do start to look a bit ugly. Um, so that might be something you might, you know, you could do as well. Just get the spade and, and split them up and, uh, you know, put some out the front for the neighbours or whoever wants them uh, and replant. Can you, yes? Can you drive the spade into them and then split them that way? Yes, absolutely. They are going to look a bit, you know, ragged and nasty for a little while, but they're an incredibly tough plant and uh, you will be able to uh, resurrect them. Uh, so if you want to, you, yes, you can try and split them. When you're, when you're digging at them, you find usually that there's a sort of a natural, you know, grouping of, of the corn oh, or yeah. the bulb. Yeah. Yep. So yep. You, can, you can, you know, best, you know, try and dig and, and do that way. Certainly, mate, look, give them the edge if you want to, but I think you're just, you know, just trying to hold back the tide in a way. They're going to come back yep. for you and uh, keep on encroaching over the footpath. All right, thanks so much. Good luck with the footpath there, Bill. And uh, Scotty, we've run right out of time, so that's that's it for Gardening Toolback this week. I believe uh, you're taking a pass on next week, and Jude's coming in. Yes, Jude's going to come in. She's going to uh, to struggle on, and uh, she'll give it a crack next Monday for me. Appreciate oh, it. All right, so if you didn't get a chance this afternoon, realise there's a few uh, phone calls there this afternoon we didn't get to. Nice and early uh, after midday on a Monday. It'll get you right through to the gang from Gardening Toolback. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.